0: You're listening to the Under Starters Orders Racing Podcast. Expert racing analysis from both sides of the Irish Sea. So stay tuned for the best insights and opinions on the weekend's racing here on the Under Starters Orders
1: Podcast.
0: Good evening everyone, it is the Understarters Orders podcast, welcome along and we're joined by four special guests this week. We've got myself, Chris Telford and I'm joined by Stephen Edwards, hello Stephen.
1: Hi guys. How are you doing buddy, how are you
0: doing, how's your week yeah, been? Good.
1: Yeah, not too bad mate, could be bad, could be worse. It's uh, usual isn't it this time of year with this nonsense going on.
0: Yeah, dry January for yourself as well, yeah?
1: Not exactly but at the moment it is. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, that's not—it's not going dry, January, for myself, and also Andrew Cummins. Hello, Andrew.
2: All right, Chris. I, I like how you, you still reference me as a special guest. It, m- it makes me feel good.
0: Yeah. Well, special guests uh, every week—a special guest. Do you know what I mean? That's it. Yeah. Uh, I'll also also be joined by Declan. Hello, Declan Carroll. Good morning, lads. How you getting on? Should reference you as Declan from the internet. <laughs> that's right. DK yeah. Windows—is that right? You want to plug your business?
3: <laughs> well you just done the family, Chris
0: Yeah DK windows, get involved, great windows, I've seen those um, And we're joined also by another special guest this week uh, We'd like to give the public a voice because we are all the public, the racing public So we're joined by Jordan Williams, hello Jordan Hi buddy, you alright? Nice to hear another northern voice on here although a little bit more different than mine As you're the Yorkshireman in this one now a
4: proper northerner, you mean?
0: Yeah, we've we've got yeah. we're all set up for a really good joke here, aren't we, with the Irishman, the
4: Northerners,
0: <laughs> but we're still missing that Scottish person. Maybe we'll have to invite a Scottish man on soon. We've Boy, we've, to a then. <laughs> we'll be waiting we might be waiting a while. <laughs> right, let's get kicked off with today's podcast. So start off with a question, boys. Um here's the question. It's been sent in by somebody called at Lily Lawless. Uh, what is the best hotel to stay if you go racing in Nice? That's from uh, at Lily Lawlers. Declan, you want to answer that one?
3: Yeah, the, you know there's a lot of hotels in Nice, but when you're coming from Dublin, just after the turn for Punchestown, there's a nice little sort of boutique town hotel on the left. It's it's called Lawlers, and they uh, great rates. You know they're doing a rope at the moment. I'm not sure if you know that, but you know it, I don't know how they can improve it, but I'm sure they will.
0: Yeah, it's a fantastic hotel. I had a look last week. It's a shame they didn't get in touch with us um, after all the plug-in that I did on Twitter. But um, thanks, Lily Lawless, for your question there. Thanks for Declan clearing up what the best hotel to stay is at. Um, I'd also like to give out a big shout-out to the main man who's coming on in a couple of weeks' time, Dara Keenan, The Apprentice. He listened to my instructions this week when giving LaHoo a fantastic front-running ride at Wolverhampton last week. Well done, Dara, but it's a shame... He's actually just come out in the, uh, the news today that he's, he's been hit with a 10-day ban for his ride on uh, Rohan earlier in the month. Um, he's going to be out for 10 days. Um, he'll be back riding winners too long, so hopefully you'll listening tonight, Dara. Uh, keep yourself busy during that 10 days, mate, and we'll see you soon. Um, also, I'm going to mention Jamie at Trackside J's big nap of the year. Do you think I should mention it now, guys? Oh,
2: why not? You've already gone for it.
0: Yeah, I may as well. I don't know. He quoted us this week in capital letters with big fat exclamation marks all over it. Quote, wonderful tonight wins the arc. Unquote. 40 to 1 with Paddy's and Betford. What do you think? She was impressive in that Phillies and Murray Ascot. Do you not think, Andy?
2: I was more impressed at, with that performance she put in after having such a hard race at Paris, I think, two weeks beforehand. So, yeah, no, you couldn't put anyone off her because she's going to improve as a four-year-old. That goes without saying.
0: Yeah, Stephen, you like your flat racing. What do you think about Wonderful Tonight?
1: We started today, you should have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus. It's one, yeah. But why not? It's a year off. She goes on the ground. Whether it'll be that heavy again, but... There's worse bets out there, isn't there?
0: Yeah. Declan, anything you want to say on Wonderful Tonight? Um, or do you want it, to sing the song? Yeah. <laughs> you it's
3: know, like, it, so- it, it, it's talking like... Um, it could be a nice race between herself and the the uh, Aga Khan. Where yeah, how's that? To, What's her name? Arnawer. Yeah. Who was it? Turnawa. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, look, she she's two brilliant performances at the end of the season, and they probably should have ran in the arc. You know, if they hadn't bottled it, they, they might have won it. Yeah, he'll probably be going
0: a bit mad about that, Jamie, because he's very well in the minutia yard, isn't he? And uh, um, I think he's, I think, I think she, if she improves again next year. She could be a real contender at four to one, you know. I'm, I'm yeah, she's sure got real guts. Yeah, got real guts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very impressed with that. Well, anything you want to add on that, um, Jordan? Anything about I mean, Wooly tonight? Don't know if you know a lot about her.
4: I've, I've sort of obviously, I saw the Ascot run. She won a couple of times in France, and think, through the summer. Uh, testing ground or suit, probably will get that this time of year. Uh, it's about like October time of year. But, I mean, I don't care what the price is. There's only one that's going to win it. She, she's just got to turn up, love. That's all she's got to do, turn up, she'll win.
0: Yeah, I'm sure Andrew will love that. Yeah, Andrew? <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, <laughs> good one, Chris. Um, she's a phenomenal filly, though. I, I'd, I'd agree there with, with Jordan, to be honest, like, the, the Elks was something else, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, we're not far off the flat season starting again, so we'll be giving off. Oh, give it a rest, Chris. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Well, let's get going with this amazing racing that we've got this weekend. I know you Irish lads are loving this Warwick Racing and the uh, Market Racing racing. So let's kick us off with a one-fifty at Warwick, which is a three-mile McCoy Contractors civil and Infrastructures. Don't need to say all that. It's a novice's chase. It's a Grade Two, and I tell you what, it's a real treat for racing fans here. We are blessed the three runner novice chase, a massive mm-hmm. prize fund of 13 grand to the winner that's massive guys even if you're <laughs> 30 you'll get two and a half grand just for jumping around on the fences disappointing isn't it well we say it every week anyway um, what can I say you know we say at the top of the market here uh, we've got next destination you know uh, Similar contest at Newbury when he won, when he, he won for the team around a length and second in the market here is that Santa on the roof, isn't it? Well, Fiddler on the roof, that's what we call him. Serial uh, bridesmaid made have left, but there's a chance again here after that second to Alar. Uh, was winning for the first time over large Rodge obstacles last time. Golden Fortune looks to have to improve to figure here. Come on,
4: we'll kick you off with you, Jordan. What do you think about this first race? It's a bit boring, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean. It's just impossible to get away from next destination. I think like fiddle on the roof. He's come up against obviously Caribbean boy, turn him over pretty easily. Um, Like when he put it up to him, he just kicked on again. Um, He didn't. I mean, Alar had him from a long way out last time, and you know it was just a matter of pushing the button. So I think he's got to improve a lot to be next destination because we know next destination. He's got great juvenile form, um, and he's had had quite a long layoff. I think in the meantime. But if he can, if you know, if he's if he's strips fitter for his last run, then I think this is an easier test, and he could make an absolute meal. I think out of this entire field. Yeah, Stephen, what about
0: yourself on this one?
1: Yeah, and no, I totally agree. I remember uh, we spoke about Filler on the roof last time before the Ascot run, and I was sort of going to give him one more chance because I was at the. My opinion was that he was definitely better going right-handed on his Talworth run last year, and um, and also the maiden. Uh, not the made in the conditions race on Single Creek, but I can't think of the name of the race. but um, I don't think he's been anywhere near that level of form this year. He got beat by Cap Fits. I think, at Fossless. Next destination, I know a few of the lads wasn't too sure he'd get the three miles at Newbury, but I think he'd done it pretty well when he beat Kaluki and uh, won for the team. The rag in the field, he's not so much for a rag. He's 7-1, to a uh, goal, uh, goal fortune. Uh, he was only eight lengths behind Shamblue and the big breakaway at Kempton, that would, that would obviously give him a squeak in this race, but um, I actually think he could be the full cast, but I'm, I'm pretty pretty keen on a favourite, Chris.
0: Andrew, what about yourself?
2: Um, I Actually, I'm really sweet on the rag here, Chris. Uh, Whoa. Goal and fortune. Um, next destination, like it, was a, it was a nice introduction to Fences winning a, a five-runner grade two at Newbury, and it was. It was a fine effort. Um, He's he has to give five pounds away here to Fiddler on the roof. Who, look, let's call a spade a spade here. He's he's a low one forty horse. He's, he's flattered by his mark. Um there's nothing in his form to really suggest that he's he's ever ran to a mark such as, you know, low one fifties, high one forties. It's it's the manner in which he won the Tallworth, Um subsequently not really beating an awful lot. I think Jeremy's Flame was second for Gavin Cromwell, and she's just you know she's a nice Saturday handicapper, and um, she's nothing special. And um, so you know, I, I can't see Fiddler on the roof really getting involved here. Um goal fortune though, he was up with the pace with Shan Blue in that Cotto star. And now he did have a hard race, but he certainly outrun his forty to run one odds. I can see him getting a, an easy lead here and jumping around and, and maybe just pressing the button down, you know, down that back straight with, with with the five with the five fences down that back straight. And he could just catch next destination for a, a bit of toe. I like he's Certainly overpriced here. Seven to one is kind of the, the going rate I see it now. Looking at the odds comparison, one bookmaker is saying here 12s, but I can only assume that's a mistake because he's a six, seven to one general. Um, that's more than fair for me. I, I think he's scandalously overpriced here, and I, I'd be pretty sweet on him going quite close here.
0: Very nice, Andrew. We do like that. Three runner races. Does say, uh, like people do like to bite the outsider in a three runner race. Declan, you want to summarize this race?
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm not disappointed that there's only three runners turning up here at all because um, I, I think it's quite competitive. Um, next destination, I think I've backed him for the last two or three years to win the RSA, and he's finally back. He's changed tables. He's been. I've been very impressed with him since he's returned. He's a really strong stayer, and you know if you want to see just how strong a stayer he is, watch the the Ballymore back that Sam Crow won. And next destination was probably the fourth horse, B, and he stayed on to finish toward the closing toward that day. Um, he 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 won a race in Nice that season called the, the Lawlers Hotel Grade One Novus Hurdle, and like he's not short of speed. It's it's how much of that ability he actually does retain. He has come back and he's impressed, but you know he ha- hasn't really been been tested yet, and. Look, I'd love him to turn up in in the RSA. I, I would back him. Um people will say that nine-year-olds don't win it, but nine-year-olds have won it. And he's lightly raced. Um Fiddler on the Roof, I, I yeah, I think Andy hit the nail on the head there. Um, like he he won a tall and he got overhyped, you know, with the Tizzy rascal stuff and. He he's, he's just not he's not top ass, is he? Like you know, he is where he is, and he, he is over height. He's overrated, and I agree with Andy again on on goal and fortune. He was fighting to the felt them, and if you want to take a line of form, and I know it doesn't work out literally, but if you want to take a line of form true one for the team, it, it really puts him in the mix with next destination. So next destination is is very short here, um, and we're yet to find out just how much of that ability is still there. But the, the value's is all with Goal and Fortune and, you know, he definitely worth the bet in, in a three-runner
0: race at that price. Excellent. So that's Andrew and Declan both siding with Goal and Fortune, the outsider of the field. Um, Jordan, yourself?
4: Uh, yeah, I'm going to stick on Next Destination, I think.
1: And Stephen? Next Destination to beat Goal and Fortune. Excellent. Interesting.
4: Right, well, let's
0: move on to the next race. It's the two twenty-five at Warwick. It's the Ballymore Leamington Novices Hurdle, Grade Two, here over two mile five. Um, very, very, very competitive race. It's no less than eight of them have all won their last outing. Um, Adramel, very impressive horse, um, His only only defeat came in the uh, Champion Bumper last year. Stephen, do you want to kick us off on this one? Uh,
1: oh, sorry, we're on. Uh... Sorry, I've got the wrong race. I think you you like it? Yeah, yeah, no, fine. fine. Yeah, Adramel. Um, it brings pretty solid form to the race, doesn't he? He's probably priced accordingly. Um, he's looked impressive in everything he's done, really. But apart from the Champion Bumper, where um, he was well and truly put in his place by Fernie. Like that's probably like a step too far up the ladder for him, I think. But make me make me a believer as uh, the pipe horse in the race. He brings Shelton form to the race. Where he won Ganaway last time in beating Fergal O'Brien's Butte Montana. You'd have to think step up in trip could probably bring more, more improvement from him. Oscarlo has won two sort of small races. But I'd be against backing anything from the Tizard yard at the moment. They seem to be banging out of form. We're going to watch another one today. Um, um was it Clumpson or Fontwheel? So he was tailed off. It was pretty well fancied. The one I did look at, Chris, I'm quite keen on was um, the Alan King horse, JBY. This one points a point, point for Colin Bow before being bought for King. Now, his bumper run for, on his debut for Stable was quite disappointing, finishing well down the field behind um, yours, Darling. Uh, it was Ben Pauling's horse, but um, that runner has since finished finished behind out um, Sandown. But on that Newbury debut he was very well backed that day which makes me think he's always been pretty well liked. On his next round he went off pretty much unfancied at 14 to 1 behind a Nicky Henderson hot pot. In that race he absolutely sauntered him in a manner of like a really good horse. I'd sort of rather take be backing him at 8 or 9 to 1 against 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 the favourite. Yeah. Uh,
0: Declan what about yourself for this race mate?
1: Um, uh, I, I
3: fancy Jamel, the last day, um, I did think he, he needed a step up and trip, but I thought that test around Sandown on that ground would have suited. You know, he's he's unexposed at this trip, and I, I think it's going to bring out a, an awful lot of improvement in him, and he is he's definitely going to be difficult to, to beat. Um, he is the favourite, and Fitzalan gone for favour, but I, I do find it hard to to beat him, uh, making you believe our won at Cheltenham like the step up and triple so he, he's gutsy and when he got on top he 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 went away. Um he may have been headed. I I come into the last as well. So you know he I I think this race will, will definitely see him but can can see him getting to, to Adramel. Oscar Ali, the Springfield Fox and Springfield Fox's prep race for the, the Welsh national didn't beat much in, in his maiden and I really think he's well, he's a slow horse. and. God knows where he'll end up, probably in the Tommy Whittle in a couple of years. <laughs> uh, Midnight River, um, not far off does he know, and, and does he know ran out in, in the shallow hurdle? He could well have, you know, I know Brave Man's game won that race well, but I fancied him that day and we just don't know. Um, I, I think he would have been there at, at the business end and he, he's not without a chance, Midnight River. Uh, JBY won easily here. I need to see him off to, to make much of a case. Min condition, second season novice, been been running in handicaps, needs some improve. Optimised Prime is one I like. Um picked up well the last day. He does look he's gone, like he's gonna be um a strong stayer and this trip, this uh, this this could suit right now for him. He may want further when he goes over fences. The only other one I could sort of make a case for is pure bliss. Uh, I, I wouldn't be putting anyone off, pure bliss. But I'd probably be, be going on the forecast. I'd to be optimist. optimist.
0: Very optimistic, Declan. Well done, um, Andrew. Yourself.
2: I I won't take up too much time here, Chris. Okay. Um, it, it is a race. I can't. I couldn't really get a good grasp on. I. What I do want to mention though with Adramel, um, because he won a class two and this is a grade two, like I these race conditions, I I never really got them personally. He is carrying a three pound penalty, and I know that doesn't sound a lot, but penalties in these type of races get good horses beaten, um, and, and that is a fact. And you know, it, I'd usually take that. You know, I usually take horses that are trying to give weight away to other progressive horses. I would rate their runs a lot higher. I'd give them a lot more. Um, room for error or a little bit more leeway so I'd be really interested to see Adramel here giving a little bit of weight away um, the one I did land on though was pure bliss um, with that weight allowance we just don't know how good she is outside of a um, getting pulled up behind Sabrina at Ascot which may have been there's obviously something amiss because you know she's clearly talented and to get pulled up in a bumper um, might have just been one of those things but she's unbeaten outside of that run and we just don't know how good she is She's an official mark of one twenty-five, which is pretty fair because she's only won low graded races in in the context of it. But she's well worth to go at this level, and she might sneak a place at fourteen to one. But I would this be race I'd be kind of um, assessing for the future rather than having a bet on on the day.
4: Thanks, Andrew. Jordan, uh, I, th- I think I probably agree with Andrew there. To be honest, it's, it's just, it just looks like a no bet race for me. Um, However, um, I think if I was just going to sort of throw my hat in the ring, I'd, I'd give a, I'd give a bit of a token chance to send in love the Nichols horse in here. Um, because, I mean, he didn't, you know, she uh, um, did it short last time. Uh, behind Stargate, I think, you know, Cotton was, was pushing away, quite away from home and there was no response at all. So, you know, there might be something amiss. Um, can she generate, you know, any sort of improvement off the back of that I don't know and as you can tell by my response this is just a race that like Andrew said I can't really make anything out of it um, these could be anything I think any one of these can potentially win um, so I'd definitely be avoiding it on the day So summarise Jordan it says uh, for you what What?
0: one would you be backing? Uh, I'd be, I'd be, you don't have to I'd back be, it obviously
4: I'd be given a good chance to send in love I think I think at the prices 16 to 1 looks well overpriced and you know she could easily put the last run behind her and kick on here excellent thanks very much Andrew yourself
2: yeah it would be a token bet on pure bliss wouldn't be getting too involved but the notebook would be wide open
0: Declan
3: um i to be optimised fine
1: excellent and Stephen yours Johnny you wife me Chris I are unexposed,
2: could be
0: anything. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be good on the podcast this week. <laughs> Love that one. That's excellent. Right, let's move on now. We're going to move on to the three o'clock, which is the Three Mile Five McCoy Contractors Civil Engineering Classic Handicap Chase, a grade three. Very interesting race, I to think. Near four mile handicap chase. This is right up my street. But what looks a Grade 3 on paper, Perfect. I think, is anything but a Grade 3. If octave doesn't turn up here, all of these horses have to carry an extra £11. Le Brule and Late Romantic were due to take up engagements today. Catterick, which has duly been called off. I'm quite unsure about Le Broglie, Actually, actually. looks a Dower stayer, but he does love a slow gallop, and uh, with Storm Control in here, it's not one that I think that he's going to get at that. And at present, he looks like a horse that hasn't really turned up for a good few runs now. Fading out quite tamely. He was entered at the Yorkshire National today. He was going to be a 7-4 to favourite. I was all for taking him on today, um, even after the wind surgery. And So I believe in him well alone. Um, late romantic, I'm still unsure about. Um, as he, I think he needed all that trip at Haydock but Airdrop is an absolute graveyard for a horse. Um, I think that shot season season right out the window. Not a chance. Luke's a very lazy horse. I think he, he this race won't, won't miss, uh, run to be suit at all. For me, the race revolves around one horse, um, which is Storm Control. But I don't think he's the one to back. Really, I think I'll, I'll give a bit of reasoning around Storm Control. Really, because I think you know, yeah. Kevin Lee's won this race in, in the past with Bruce Blanc. He was a dashing grey horse, which I had a bit of a love affair with. Don't tell my missus. Um, and she also came second in the race. She had good to know with it um, the year after. Now, neither of those were, were anything like Storm Control. Both older up horses, whereas Storm Control really likes to force a gallop. He's economical over his fences, a real resolute attitude. And last time, repelling that well-touted court maid at, Tor- at, at Cheltenham and Potter's Legend. And before that, winning another extremely competitive stairs chase. This is the furthest he's gone. Kerry's spoke to, you know, about before about... How she thinks he wants a real stay as testing test and it'll runners run at a, a decent pace there's a few others in here who do like to force a pace but that's why i didn't really come down on him because there's other runners that i think will be pestering him a little bit um so i've got a slight reservations and he's this this is his fourth time around warwick and he's only ever managed to complete around here once With they were over short trips admittedly but um i'm not sure if this, the track actually suits him so I think they found the key to him, which is like sending him out to the front and, and making making all. But I'm not sure Warwick suits that kind of style of ride. Um, I think there's a lurker in here, though, and that horse is Django Django, 14-1, to 1, and he's my idea of this winner here. You go back to his Newbury victory last year, he was battering, absolutely battering, not a chance off level weights that day. He absolutely cruised by him, laughing at him, waving at him, saying, F you, um, and he'll meet not off chance, not a chance on £5 better term, and yes, he's out of the handicap. He, come here in, he comes here in, you know, you'd probably say in horrific form, um, but I think the ground has been quite against him this year. I think he needs, you know, that type of ground that's rather tacky and quite holding, I, I, that's what I feel like he's ran on. Watching all of his runs, it feels that way, and there's due rain at Warwick on Saturday, and I, and I know the ground's going to be tacky again, but when you get rain, it's easier to get through. And I think that's the kind of ground that I think he is. He's a dower stayer. It'll be sloppy, but he'll get through it. And it, and it's not a stamina sapping when it's rained. Could be very wet. 14 to 1 is a great each-way price. And I think Django Django could be my bet of the weekend. Uh, that's my spiel about that. Jordan, what do you think about this race?
4: Um, I'm actually going to go against you with LeBroy here. Um and the reason for that is it's, I've, I looked at the forecast earlier for morning and it's going to absolutely bucket down all day Saturday from sort of four or five in the morning. So there's every chance this soft crown could be heavy by then. And it should suit him. I mean, he won a grand annual over four miles on very, I mean, it said the description was soft, but, you know, it was absolutely cut to smithereens by the time he got round. Um. He's actually been dropped five pounds since that. I know that's quite a long time ago, but you know, these older horses they don't get much leniency from the handicapper. Um, and it, it just seems like he's he's started showing, you know, admittedly small signs, but you know, some sort of signs that he's getting the hang of things again. You know, I don't think he's a lost cause because I mean, he's only nine, so he's not quite the veteran age of his career. Um I was also looking at walking the mill, but I think he's way too high in the handicap. You know, he got booted up nine pounds for finishing second, and that you know that, that he's shown nothing this season either. Um, I think I agree with what you said about Storm Control as well. It um, probably looked to take him along, but I don't think I don't think that's gonna it's gonna suit at all. Um, so I'm I'm quite confident on LeBron's
1: chances in this one.
0: Brian, Stephen, yourself?
1: Yeah, no, I kept it pretty minimal this up. So much I have a big opinion on, but LeBron myself, um, he won the four miler at Cheltenham. He's still relatively young for a chaser, I think, in you know, and a relatively sort of lightly race as well, I feel, like throughout his career. But ten stone six, um I'm quite keen to be beyond him myself. Yeah,
0: there's a few g- of these who should be in the,
1: uh, well, cause cause was, the edges <laughs> Well, you say that, there's still quite a few in here, like age eleven, ten. Um but we be definitely having a look at your one so back to you last time Jenga Jenga. and he sort of um, he sort of plugged on he wasn't knocked about too much either there's been a bit of money for it this week as well 16s down to around 11s
0: yeah they've but stuck the, a, a pair the, of cheap, cheap pieces cheap on him this short time and simple yeah they've stuck a pair of cheap pieces on him and put Dickie Johnson on board that that could be the uh, telling point you know LeBroy's in, also got a wind surgery first time you know this time he might have been just play. they're tinkering around with that wind there Declan anything for you in this one?
3: Having a massive opinion on the race, um, but three, I'd give a chance to trade him, uh, not a chance. Quite consistent since gone chasing and uh, could be the most unexposed horse in the race. Um, Le Broil has had a wind up, and I don't think he'll he'll need to improve an awful lot. He is quite consistent as well, so like I think the two of them will will definitely be at the business end. But uh, Diderot Vallis has not got much form coming into the race, but I think that the step-up could really um, bring out some improvement in him. He's he's fairly one-paced, and I think he could be, you know, he's only eight. He could be plodding along at the end. Um, I suppose he's, he's, he's the biggest price of the trade, um, so going nuts. Diderot Vallis. Andrew,
0: yourself in this one?
2: You would, yeah. I actually, Diedro Valet was the one I, I kind of came down on as well. But you would m- mistaken a few of these form lines for postcodes is what you usually get in these staying handicaps. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Captain Chaos, like I know you guys were saying that Warwick mightn't mightn- sue front runners, but you know, they slapped a pair of blinkers on Captain Chaos and, and he, he went from the front and he was beaten by a horse that was totally chucked in in Kimberley Candy. So I'm assuming with the midweek money that's been for captain chaos that those tactics are going to be adapted here again today. He's not got, he's pulled up or he's been pulled up twice this year, but, um, he's been held up. So I assume he's going to go to the front on Saturday uh, for a change of tactics that that would make the most sense. But, um, I think you want something with a low way here and, and didro Valet. Um, I actually fancied him for the Welsh national. He was a 50 to one shot. He, he didn't take up his entry. Um, but, you know, if you go back to his run, um, would you believe in the Roland Mayrick, remember him? Oh, uh, Roland. <laughs> yeah, great man. Archbishop of uh, Bangor in the 15th century. <laughs> um, look, he, it was um, Stevens' day or Boxing Day of 2019. He, he ran a blinder. He was amateur ridden, I believe, as well. Um, he was beaten eight lengths by Top Phil Ben, who I believe went on then to win the Cotswold um, the Cotswold chase at Cheltenham or, or was placed in a possibly um, on his next start so he's beaten by a total blot I think he's well worth taking a chance at this trip he likes to be ridden prominently which I know you guys said um, may not suit but Captain Chaos is going to take them along and I say he's just going to pop in in behind and um, Venetia Williams is having a good time of things as well um, it should be noted and Tom Scudamore is getting down to uh, 10 stone to take the ride so I, I think he's plenty in his favour here and the other one I just want to give a quick mention to is the one just below him there, Petite Power, twelve year old. You know, this is what he needs. He like the heavier the ground, the slower they go. And it it does bring these veterans into it, gives them much more of a chance. And, you know, this lad is one at uh, Utoxiler in bottomless conditions and you needn't say more. you know, that I maybe outside of Foslas and Haydock, Eutoxider is just grueling. Like, it's almost unbearable to watch it's that heavy um at times. And it goes without saying as well that he was just behind Captain Chaos when third in the race uh, last year, uh, ridden by the same jockey. Um, you know, Liam Harrison taking off seven pounds, which gives Petit Power about six stone on his back mm-hmm. or whatever. So, um, yeah, Didero Valet would be my main bet here. I actually think he'll go quite well if seeing out the trip. But Petit Power, you'll probably get four places. Um, I wouldn't rule him out. He's around a 33 to one shot, but it'd uh, be Didero Valet for me.
0: Not with Coral or Labroaks, you won't get the fourth place. So don't back with Coral or Labroaks. There we go. Right, summarise then. Um, you're going to go, Andrew. Just summarise your two.
2: Yeah, I'm happy with Tadero Valley, and I might have a little interest on Petit
0: Power as well. And Declan. Yeah, yeah. Just the way Andy said it, Tadero Valley. Are you not in? Uh, can I just ask you two lads? Are you not worried that um, actually Charlie Dow, Charlie Charlie Doosh, uh, well I can't even say his name, Charlie Douche. <laughs> Whatever, I can't say his name. Has chose akil over Daniel De- De- De-
2: Um No, I couldn't give a toss. To be brutally <laughs> honest, with <would> you? Um, <laughs> yeah. No, you just at. Like it's it's yeah. Tom Skidmore's on him anyway, so it's yeah, not as Tom, easy,
0: like, Tom's a great jockey around Warwick. Anyway, there we go. Stephen, yourself.
1: I like LeBroy. Um, Andy was quite keen on the Hollow ginger last week, wasn't he? That you, um, you off him today or?
2: Yeah, it, like this is clearly an aftertop because he only got halfway around at Chepstow. Now he yeah. was jumping well. and um, he was actually he was in a nice rhythm and he was going perfectly fine, but this was clearly plan B, and that's just enough for me to swerve him. Um you know, so um uh, he'd be best watched for me here.
1: Good yeah, just good boy, Chris from me then, well, Mike. and Jordan.
4: Yeah, I'm I'm with Stephen here. Um I, I think it's a it's a certainty for me, LeBron in this. I think wind surgery, he's got 10 stone six on his back. It's five pounds below his optimum weight. I think he looks good.
0: You're all going to be crying when Django Django comes home on the bridle with Ricky Johnson round the corner. Right, our next race is the 3.35 at Warwick, which is the Potent Network Handicap Hurdle. It's a qualifier for the series for the final at Cheltenham. Um, so your eyes immediately probably drawn to... The horses that ultimately would need now to win to qualify to get into that final, isn't it? Um, Not only that, but realistically, you're probably looking at a horse that you would want to get into that final. To stand the chance of winning, to be a 140 at least um, plus rated horse. Um, If they're rated lower than 130 right now, they're going to need to win. And they wouldn't really stand any realistic chance of winning anyway. The calibre of horses that we've seen in that attempts final has been uh, improving every single year. Um, What do you think about this one, Andrew?
2: Um, yeah, I, I think Sorry, de Berle, I think, was fourth or sixth in this race two years ago when he won the Pertemps for the first time. So it has yielded the winner before. Um, the one that I'm quite interested in, I, I, it's probably a, a page of the yearbook, Chris, but I, I see David Pipe is sending Capage up to three miles. Um, and, you know, he, he ran quite well on the old course. He, he stayed on quite eye-catchingly um, behind Stimulating Song at Cheltenham. Um, now the handicappers dropped him two pounds to one thirty-five. So he may not need to win to get in, but I don't see why they wouldn't have a pop at it because he is rated 135. So, you know, technically it could be touch and go, um, whether he gets in or not. But he's definitely a horse improving. And I don't know if you can really say that about a lot of horses in this field. Um, come on, Teddy obviously coming in here hot as well. But then you have a few horses coming back from fences, you know. Like, um, to be fair, was chasing last time Ardleten. Um So you just so you know you're kind of just wondering are they just here as maybe a as an afterthought? And um, Jordy Deschamp coming back here as well off an eight hundred and five day layoff. Um, Ten year old, you know that that's quite interesting as well to see how he how he fares. He he had decent form back in the day when he was a, a novice hurdler. Um, and he's obviously he's clearly had his issues. Now um, he he probably will be going back over a fence in due time. You know, given his age, he, this would be just a, an ideal uh, starting point for him. But I'll be I'll be watching this obviously with it with a keen eye. But I think Capage could definitely go well um, if he resumes his progression at three miles after his first run of the season.
0: Yeah, the stats around David Park horses that step up in trip. It's at an angle that I've followed for a, a lot of years. And he, when he does step them up in trip, markedly, then it, it does work quite well. He he really does know a horse that will stay. Obviously, he did try two mile fives last last time, but I think he still thinks that he probably will get more out of it a yeah. three mile one trip. Declan, what about yourself?
3: Yeah, it's just on your theory, Chris, I try to narrow it down again, and I look for horses who are already qualified. But again, more qualifiers And, and they need to win um, And Espion has qualified already He finished sixth at Sandown And he definitely needs to win He's he won 28 at the moment And um, 10 to 1 I, I think he, look, he he's turning up here If he wants to get into the final He has to win He's already qualified So um, that's, that's as much insight
0: As I can give into the race There you go, Declan That's all you need so You found a horse That's rated low enough That needs to win And that's it that's as simple as that. What about you, uh, Jordan?
4: Well, the the one in here for me is Potter's corner. Um, I was probably a few people groaning, um, but uh, you know, he's thirteen pounds lower than his his chase mark, and I think they've they've uh, you know Christopher Williams has come out and said that you know they sacrificed his running the Welsh Grand National where he could have defended his crown because they wanted a shot of the pretense next season. So, one, three, two. You know, he might not need to win. Probably will, uh, depending on how it all pans out. But I think you can you can be pretty safe in expecting him to fill up the places at the the absolute least. Um, But you know, I think he looks really good. Uh, I'd also probably say, um, to be fair, I mean, his marks high. They probably won't. You know, if they win, it's going to probably go up even more. So that's one that I I think it looks interesting, but I'd avoid. but I'd definitely, I think it was just Andy who said about Capage. I think that looks, you know, David Pipe stepping up in trip. I think that's definitely something to take of note. Um, but I'd, I'd probably just stick with a one. And I think Potter's Corner looks quite safe to me.
0: Yeah, it's a very interesting angle to miss that Welsh national to come for the Potent series. Um, Stephen?
1: Yeah, no, I'd rather, to be honest with you, with these races, the boys are so clued up on what needs and what doesn't need to. You're sort of uh, looking, looking for the handbrake, aren't you? But. Um, Andy just made a good point about uh, Geordie Deschamps. That'd be the only one I'd probably look at if there was any sort of market money really. Like 10 stone 7. In fact he stayed in training after a couple of years off. Like if you go back far enough I'm going back probably going back too far to make it a, a fact of anything. But he's run behind also Live Life Laugh. Like Rinetti, Thomas Hobson. Even Aintree run behind Thomas Campbell. On that sort of form in his, his best going back a couple of years he'd eat these but it's just a matter of what what sort of uh, jewellery day champs are we going to see, but probably a market watch.
0: Yeah, I've uh, I've landed on Flemkara myself. Uh, won well at Donny last time, you know. He beat a decent, improving horse from the Hobbs yard, and Flemkara did win a potential qualifier lastly a year at Exeter, but didn't go to the festival on the count of the ground. He won't really want it too soft if he did, did go to Cheltenham... Uh, sorry... Sorry, the other way around. He'd want it quite soft as it went to, to Cheltenham. The softer, the better, really. So when it dried up a little bit for Cheltenham, he, he, that's why they didn't go. He won off a mark last time off one, two, nine. Um, and then he's gone up another five pounds here. I think he's got the scope to improve again. You know, I think Emma Lavella has, has spoke about Flynn Carr before saying she she do does believe she's got a nice horse here. And I think there's more improvement to come from him. Even though... Though he's at nine years old, uh, I think he's got some more improvements. i Cara be Flemkara for myself, 13-2. to two. Know each way about that. Just go
4: head on for that one. Um, what about yourself, Jordan? One horse for this. Port's Corner, definitely. I think he's got a great chance. I mean, I think Sky usually pay five or even six for this. Um, so, you know, it, it looks a pretty surefire thing to at least grab a place. Just on, just on that point, you know what I hate about Skybet. They
0: give you these extra place races, but they take away your best odds guarantee. Yeah, I
4: mean, they, they didn't used to. Um, I'm not entirely, because I, I actually I actually messaged them to ask about it. I was like, you know, it's, it's just ridiculous, because what if there's a race, and you don't want to back something each way, you just want to go straight on the nose, and then it, you know, it goes from three to one to four to one, and you've basically just lost five or ten quid. Yeah, it's, it's just a poor decision in my eyes. In them races, just
0: avoid Skybet for myself. I know they'll go like six places and stuff like that, i just avoid him. Andrew, yourself, what more else in this race?
2: You're about to ask me my opinion on Skype out there. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, no, uh, be capage for me. Um, it, probably not, again, a, a big betting interest. I'd be kind of looking to see if any of the higher rated horses finish fourth, fifth, or sixth, but even just looking at them, I, I don't think this race will have a great interest in me until March, unless, in March unless we see an impressive winner.
0: Yeah, Declan?
3: Yeah, I think that the fact that Espion has already qualified and he's turning up again, um, it's it's a good time of year for that because because
0: plenty of them have qualified by now. So, yeah, that, that's what I know. Yeah, it's a good angle to take, isn't it? That, um, Stephen, uh,
1: just more of a market watching for me, Chris, with Jordan Day Shumps. But, uh, going back to Sephar's, right and he said, that's that was a tried and tested route of yours, Chris, years ago, wasn't it? all stepping up into it. Yeah. And trip.
0: yeah. It is a tried and tested route. He, he has a great strike rate when he steps them up, Mark. He's, he's even better when he puts a step a, bl- a pair of blinkers on them, which which he which obviously doesn't have, but we'll go there another time, another day. Right, we're moving on to market raising now. Market raising the 205 with a mansion bet handicap hurdle. It's a class two. And the lay of the century goes in here, doesn't he, Stephen, with Edward Edward Stone?
1: Well, yeah, according to the experts, yeah. Um <laughs> I sort of agree with him in many ways. I I think Edward Stone's by far the most likely winner, but he's definitely too short. You wouldn't want to be backing him at, I think we've seen prices along the lines of 11 or 10. He's probably priced more probably on reputation. The fact that he ran in the Supreme, I say probably the Supreme, the Supreme that's been rated as one of the best in many, many years, isn't it? But, um, I did notice that King wrote in the weekend, just before the Greatwood, that, um, Soft ground. He was really worried about soft ground being a problem for him. I'm not sure what we're going to expect on... Uh, it's not certainly not going to be good ground, is it? But um, that would be that'd probably be the concern. I could probably see him drifting out. to so probably a reasonable betting proposition. Oscar's leader run behind Mr. Coffey. That looks pretty solid form. Um, Langer Dan seems pretty short in the market to me for what he's done on course. So he run behind Time White like the second from last time, which probably would have been good form going back a month because time might was been for the Greatwood before being pulled out, but despite Edward Stone being really short and not saying he'd want to pilot, I, do, I still see him as the most likely winner. Jordan, what
0: do you make
4: of this one? Uh, I, I think he said Wood Stone's to lose, but, you know, that that sort of says it in its own right. I'm not going to come out and say, you know, he's a sure thing in this because he's, he's by no means a short sure thing. Um, I think I would have a lot more faith in, in Oscar's leader, um, just because, um, he, he, you know, in the, he he finished behind the cob last time and it was a race where he had to battle back a couple of times to keep his head in front and he really made a bad mistake at the last flight. So if that never happened, he might have won that day. Um, but I think just his attitude, I like a horse that's, you know, going to fight and, you know, wants to actually win. So... If he shows up with you know proper grit, it could easily, easily hold him off. You know, he's off a of, off a of really low weight in comparison to Edward Stone. Um and I, I can't really see any reason that he he can't get into this race at all. Yeah. Just just looking at the outsider of this field, I'm probably I have just
0: got a feeling, an inkling at the back of my head, that Andrew or Declan might pick this up. But Roland Ward for the Stuart Edmund Yard, if you go back to his Kempton run of Ooh, December 2019. Time White. He beat Time White, rated 141. Homer, Goalil, King's Royal Hussar. Very decent handicap hurdlers. Time White's now gone on and won some decent races though. And he's the outsider of the field here. Andrew, am I just picking up any senses that you're gonna mention Roland Ward? Yeah,
2: I I, I was actually. Hey. <laughs> I exactly. I was um I, I going back to that Kempton run Chris he got the most confident ride you'd probably ever see from Kieran Gettings for for an inexperienced horse over hurdles um, and I don't think he's quite been the same since a kind of a scary incident in a triumph hurdle trial on his next start he was really really badly hampered um, he was going really well I personally I thought he might have won the race um, but he was very badly hampered coming down to the last um, and and the horse was gave was given a break. I think I think he might have done himself a little bit of damage after that. And um, now he ran perfectly fine at Huntington. He, he he ran as if he really needed the race uh, on a seasonal reappearance in November. And the reason he's kind of the outsider of the field here is he was well beaten at Cheltenham last time out on soft ground. Now was when at Kempton was on soft ground as well. But I watched that race again and. He travelled into it really, really nicely and, you know, as they came down the hill and they turned from home, he just it's almost like if he found nothing and I have a kind of a worry in the back of my mind, maybe it struck me possibly as a wind issue Um, obviously we don't know but he's definitely on that Kempton run and even on his return at Huntington, which was a perfectly fine run behind Wild Max, um, he's worth taking a chance on here for sure Um, I think Oscar's leader is the horse that deserves to be favoured Jordan touched on that there he's done nothing but progress and he's off a a stamp here and he was possibly a little unlucky to get beaten a Haydock when he made a mistake at the last Um, I know Declan probably can't wait to roast Edward Stone I'll I'll just start it anyway Um, look is he unexposed? Possibly this is in my opinion I a plan B, as he's he's been chasing. You know, he, he unseated at Donny. He's came straight back to hurdles. Um, I don't think he's going to want this ground. Um, he, you know, his best form is probably when he was behind, beaten a neck by Stolen Silver in a Triumph Hurdle Trial or in Verticoma's Triumph Hurdle Trial a Haydock. And um, Stolen Silver hasn't won since he was beaten twenty three lengths by Shishkin finishing in sixth place i think we all kind of came to an agreement that the top five are quite useful and that may have been the drop off in the supreme novices and you know Alexia dane and captain guinness may well have beaten edward stone if they if you know Asterion Ferlange didn't wipe them out at the second last so you know he, he probably then ran to form in the great wood behind the shunter beating about eight lengths you know I'd say they went chasing maybe because that was his kind of limit over hurdles and admittedly this is a weaker race, but he's carrying eleven stone twelve. There's doubts on the ground. Um look, if, if he touches even money, I'm just gonna have to get onto Beth Fair and just smash that pink button because he, he's he's definitely a lay at that price. Um I might even lay him for a place if there's two places. Um so yeah, I'd be with Roland Ward here and and laying the shy out of Edwardstone. So
0: Declan. I know you've been waiting for this all week. Tell us about <laughs> Edward Stone.
3: Uh, look. Uh, Andy said it's plan B. You know, I think it's plan C. You know, he was well fancy for the Greatwood. Um then he went chasing. He unseated. I didn't even see the, the the chase. I don't know how he jumped, but he, he did unseat and the and now they've come here. We we spoke about the Supreme um before Alark's chase debut and we were saying is he gonna be the the last one to get into um you know to where where does the stop being a good supreme and look he's come out come out and, and won well but after that it's pretty poor and and this horse this horse is worse value than leg few labos that day at entry. Mm-hmm. Boy, Donny, oh you don't oh, no. <laughs> you want to be on drugs to be back in this horse at, you know, eleven to ten. It, it, and it's purely because you know people are saying it was a good supreme and we're, we're still finding out about the supreme, and it stops after horse five anyway. Like if you want to see a good supreme, look at Althior supreme. You know Bell's Hill was last in that, and he won an Irish Gold Cup, and um, that that's a good supreme. It was it was probably above average, and it may turn out to be um, a good supreme. But people fall into this because because the fancied horse won, you know it's a good race. If something had to come from the back and beat them or would have been a poor race. Um, and we get that all the time when when a mo- an unfancied Mullins horse wins or you get it on the flat when a big price of horse wins. People say it's a bad race. But, you know, people automatically assume it's, it, it was a good supreme because the the fancied horse won and now he's, you know, way too short for an article all on this hype. And now this horse is way too short for, for this race. You, you want to be absolutely nuts to be backing up um lay him I wouldn't have a bet in the race, so i I'd get your betfair to count out and, and lay him. if I am to select a horse, it was actually rolling ward as well, but I wouldn't be as strong as, as you pair were on him or as Andy was anyway. Um it is you'd have to forgive him the last run at Cheltenham and his form is, is it's okay. Um but there was nothing jumping out. Um at this race for me to back, but probably because I spent so much time looking at Edwards down and shaking my
0: head. No bet for yourself, in Deck.
3: Ah, uh, look, I, 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 I select one. It's it's Roland Ward.
0: Roland Ward. Andrew Roland Ward for yourself.
2: Yeah, I'm happy to take the chance now. The obviously the last run is in the back of my mind, but look, he's he's a definitely a favourable prize for me. So I'd happily back him at you know the nine or ten to one mark.
0: Stephen.
1: Uh, certainly won't be backing at Edward at 11 to 10, I think. Um, I still think he's the most likely winner, though. Hopefully, he may drift out for those who do fancy him. But
4: and Jordan, I'll just uh, can I just shoot across the deck? Um, <clears throat> do, do you not think the Supreme of last year was maybe like a race of two halves, really? Um, uh, you know, we're not a team, but we're not just uh, one player we need to find ways to be creative. To... Did, did you hear that?
3: Yeah, yeah I was just, I so thought, there, there was noise in the background there. Okay. Um The race are too high. would you mean with all the trouble? Well,
4: uh, no, I mean like, do you think the field basically was split into two races, essentially? Like, there was the front sort of, maybe five or six that was sort of, they sort of <laughs> had it to the stalls after Asterion for longs sort of wagged. The other two? Um,
3: uh, no, well, no, look, the, the, I, I suppose that the, there's all the talk about the winner, all, all the, the, the trouble he ran into, and he still won. Now, I personally think if you're a proper two-miler with the speed of a two-miler, you don't get into that trouble because you're quick and out of it. Um, and that's why I'm saying all season that the, the winner looks like, um, he, he looks like a stair to me rather than an arcing horse. It, it, was, it was a bit mental. And um, Asteria Fadange went in front and jumped Roy, right and they were all watching the whole way around and then it, he he actually knocked him them over uh, I, I don't i don't
4: really I, I'm not really sure what you mean Jordan. do you want to go on uh, i mean i mean like um sort of the first few were a lot better than the rest of them, so they sort of raced on their own, yeah so if you
1: what i mean i think you mean is like we can sometimes, because of the quality we thought he was at the time, you can start saying the forces force is this, that and the other. Would I be right in thinking that?
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah so but I, but I think Edward Stone is, so the first five are the, the well clear of the rest. He was eight lengths adrift of a lark, but he, yeah. is pretty, he has been priced up and hyped up on the finishing sixth in discipline. So yes, the, the, the first five home are definitely head and shoulders above the rest of that field. Yeah, and that's, and that's basically why he's bad value here because he is, he's overhyped on that run, and people are just saying it was a good Supreme. So they're looking at every horse coming out of it instead of analysing the race a bit harder and going, oh, Well, look, you know, five good horses there, but the rest, what, what, you know, they're probably going to be handicappers.
2: Handicappers, yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah.
1: mean, yeah, that's a good point. You can start saying, Oh, well, that ran in the Supreme, but it might be beating 50 links, yeah. But exactly. Yeah.
3: It, I actually, it doesn't it,
1: seem to be the
3: same horse, does it? Yeah, if if you want to look at a good supreme, you know, Aldious is the perfect example. You know where it was really, really deep, and you know now Bell's Hill is probably the extreme example because he was a really good horse and he was better than a lot that were in front of him. But you know, right down the field, they, they've all ran in in good races, and he was last, and he has won an Irish Colour Cup. Uh, you know, he's come out and won Grade Ones, and that's that's a that's a good supreme but yeah look the fourth five are home but it's all the height Uh, sorry I didn't know what you meant that time
4: Jordan yeah I agree I I agree with your take there definitely Jordan your selection in that race then Uh, Oscar's leader I think you know he's he's improving still you know he's racing off a a, a very workable mark um, so yeah definitely for me
0: excellent thanks very much right nice little chat there but let's move on to the 240 at market racing which is the bet 10 get 10 hurdle known as the just throw your money down the drain hurdle class two (laughs) Um, nice feel though it has got a feel of a nice little uh, not really a handicap really but a little bit better than that little Rockefeller's here top of the market 74 on the blind side on the back of that excellent run against McFabulous last uh, last week he's the only one in here that's going to carry 11 store 4 if if he turns up it'll be interesting after seven day break won't it so, Uh Stephen what about yourself for this one
1: Uh my notes say little Rockefeller uh, failed chaser too old on the blind side rejuvenated by hurdles uh, Mahayed County Hurdle Greatwood Hurdle sort of stalwart now stepping up in trip Uh could be anything. Is he qualified? Even um, mm. he is. He is qualified. Like he does, yeah, I spoke to someone earlier. I did, I'm going to mention one of the dads in our WhatsApp group. John O'Neill is pretty good judge. He doesn't say much, but when he does, you sort of um, you listen to him. I don't know if he's one of your pals, Chris. Or not, but yeah, he's yeah, really, yeah. Good lad. He's really keen on my head for the uh, the Perth Temps final. Um, on the blind side. I'd definitely be against him for the fact it's just a seven-day layoff. It was a pretty tough race. They got, they went hammer and tongs pretty much a mile out, and at the time I thought McFabless might not even last because I was going so soon, but he showed plenty of guts to win. Um, I'd definitely be against that two-to-one uh, on the blind side. Little Rockefeller is definitely a better chase. Uh, definitely a better he was chasing. Um, Fifteen and again seems too short to me. It's just, a, for me, it's a race to watch. I couldn't fancy anything of any confidence. You could probably go down to Vision de Floss, who's got good form, top-class form, going back, going back a year or two. The rest of them, I couldn't fancy any of the other three. But um, you could stick a pin in them four, Chris I just named, really. Little Rockefeller on the blind side, Mahein and, and Vision de Flo. Uh
0: Andrew, what about yourself for this race, mate?
2: it's kind of like one of these relief races in the calendar for horses that are impossible to place is the way I say it. Um, you know, like they're probably badly handicapped because of their age and because of how much racing they've had. And may, you know, some of them are also just can't jump a fence to save their life. So they're just kind of stuck. And it does revolve around little Rockefeller and, you know, he's had a long career, a spectacular career, really, really, admirable performer. He's having he'll be having his 47th start. Um, and, and he's been on the go since um I think Richard Hannon had him as a as a two year old. Um, so you know he's had a f- absolutely fantastic career and but now that he's a ten year old he's been around the block so much he still ran absolutely. He still ran a belter last time out. That's his that's his level now. But what does he have left? Does he still have enough in the tank to kind of beat off the likes of on the blind side, who in my opinion is in career best form here? And um, I thought that run behind MacFabulous was a really really good effort. Um, you know he's won at Cheltenham and he, he's, you know he's finished second in a in a handicap off a big way. Uh, you know he's still performing to a high level. And again, the seven day layoff, as Steve mentioned does linger in the back of your mind, but then you look at a few of these other ones like Just a Tenor, like all due respect, no chance. Chidswell, old timer, um, again, another admirable performer, but you know he he's not going to be winning this. Keeper Hill doesn't like fences, um, you know, Mohayed, you know, he's held his form up really, really well as well. He's another one that that came from the flat, and um, he was actually trained in Ireland. Um, and again he was out he actually won a race as a two year old. I I believe it was Kevin Prendergast It may have been Dermot Well, but I think Kevin Prendergast trained him.
1: Yeah. Um, and you know, so
2: he's he's had an absolutely spectacular career as well. Um now again in regards to like handicaps at the festival, he has a fantastic record at the festival, but surely there would be other horses with a little bit more up their sleeves at this stage in his career. I know he's only a nine-year-old, but as you know, he's had a long career. Um, vision de flow is another one that just dislikes offense really um although with that said, he does have good form and defeat, you know it is you have to kind you do have to kind of pick and choose um on where you look, and he hasn't really shown his best in a while, but if they kind of had a good run with him just over hurdles, he might come back to some bit of form, but you know I'd probably want a bit more than seven to one. For that to kind of happen I know he's rated 149 But the jury's out on whether he is a 149 rated horse So it's just as I said It's purgatory um, Any one of these could kind of Any one of these maybe with a rating above 140 Can probably win this um, But in my opinion Even though it was only a 7 day layoff I would imagine on the blind side it is the most likely winner um, But you couldn't pay me enough to have a bet here
0: <laughs> That's the one Right, uh Deck yourself?
3: Yeah, I agree with what, a lot of what Andy said there. Um like the, this the ones at the the top of the market anyway, they just don't win enough and they, they have this, this rating and you know, they, they as Andy said that they're hard to place and uh, like little, little rocker fella, he did run a big race on the tone, but there's no win since since some time in two thousand eighteen. Um on the blind side. But well, he was Probably a little harsh on him last week, and he he did win, he did run a a great race, and look he, he battled well, and and this test might suit him better, but you know as Andy said, you know is he still is he going to get his head in front? Um, it, it's it's really hard to know, and it's it's not great value, um, that two to one. Moed is a uh, pretense qualified keeper hill. If we talk about keeper hill a lot, don't we? It must be every week. You. He's getting entered and running in a race. He was just a Grade One chase. Uh, he is per temps qualified, I think. Um, losing flow, it's probably a revival mission. I don't really, I don't really know. Just a tenor is per temps qualified, and you know we would need to run a, a big race here. And um, a fifty to one, I think it could be eight runners I think he could be wouldn't each way there
0: that's a big shot deck that's a big shot let's go to Jordan now
4: um, yeah I think it's quite difficult to assess um, I was initially thinking on the blind side but you know how much exactly has that taken out of him because I think you know Harry Cobden did not give it his best ride on McFabulous and he still you know won fairly comfortably in the end Um I think Keeper Hill, you know, it, it's it's a bit of a brave pick, but I think he, you know, he's three pound lower than his last turtle run, didn't show a great deal that day, um, and he's just sort of been thrown into to races he was never going to win this season, um, and you know, can he can he take advantage of a drop in weights and maybe a slightly easy, you know, easing in the caliber of horses he's play he's you know, he's facing today. Maybe, but even so, it'd still be a, a sort of a token bet. Um, it's probably a non bet race for me, I think. This one, no bet for
0: Jordan. Stephen, give us your selection.
1: Well, if you put a gun to my head, I'd probably go for my head, probably purely because it's sort of there's, there's probably more improvements come at the trip, you know. You know, little Rockefeller's going to stick it up some stays forever. Yeah, Brian, whatever, Cape, and Wunschy going Harren's holes pretty early.
0: No bet but, for yourself, Declan. Is that right? Oh, Just a tenner each way Just a tenner each way No bet from Andrew, is that right?
2: Yeah, it's pretty depressing Like Even the the more I look at it I think the more I just think on the blind So It's going to win because he's in form And you have to take these races when they come Especially with a horse like him I know it's only seven days But a replication of last week should be enough here Um, But just my head just tells me Just don't get involved with these sort of races Um, If you get involved with them more often than not, you will get it wrong. So I'm just going to let it let it slide. We're going to let on the blind slide. On the blind side slide.
0: <laughs> slide <laughs> away. <laughs> That's right. Right, the next race we're going to cover is the 3.15 at Market Racing. It's the two-mile listed race, which is the Allen Swimbank MERS Standard Open National Hump Flat Race. Um, obviously, this race is named in honour of the late, former and dual-purpose trainer at Alan Swimbank. This race has been won by Willie Mollins Hot Pot last year, which was panic attack before it moved to the David Pipe Yard. It's not, only, it's not the favourite here, though, because we've got a very, very impressive Pam Sly horse in Eileen Dover who has looked extremely useful indeed. Do you share that sentiment,
4: Jordan? Um, I do and I don't, because so many times you see horses that have won by like 30 lengths, and the next time they his last. Or like you know they finished well down the field. So, I mean, how strong that form is going to work out to be? Um, you know, it, it it's it's up for discussion. Um, I think Grand G for Willie Mullins. You know, I mean, he, he's he just know he knows the time of day in these sort of races and. I think last time out, you know, it, I think it was six, six and a half, or five and a half lengths. It won by, and you know, it did nothing really that day to win. It was eased down right at the line, you know, it was effortless. So I mean, that could have won by forty lengths that day. You never know. Um, but you know, I, I'll, I think I, I'll stick with, I'll stick with Willie Mullins in this one. But you know, it's important to remember, obviously, Pam Sly, she, she won a Derby, so you know, she's no slouch of a trainer, um, and. Yeah, you I know, I I just think for me I'd I'd rather stick to the old faithful Willie Mullins. <clears throat> what about yourself for this one, Declan? Are you going with the Irish guy?
3: No, not, although um Willie's horse did beat Champagne Socialist at Galway and Champagne Socialist was was second to Chemical Energy, uh, who was quite impressive then at at Down Royal. But look there's not an awful lot to go on in the race. Um I leaned over, two impressive victories, but we, we don't know what's been in behind there. Um they, they were visually impressive and look we, we touched on visually impressive performances last week with the that the Gary close. Moore horse and and you know we see how that worked out. Um Mary Mistress has beaten Ballybach Mary, who who has come out and won since um Chosen Port, behind a smart enough looking horse of Fergal O'Briens. Miss Lamb, two from two, but it doesn't look like there's been much in behind. Fashion Nova has been behind Miss Lamb. But Dragon Bones, like bumper fillies are usually best fresh. Dragon Bones hasn't run since since um, October 2019, and there was some smart horses there in behind. I'm just looking at her here, like Midnight River, uh, Israel Champ, Papatango, Charity Benson. I think she's way overpriced here, and it's probably the fact that the, the others have ran more recent, But you know, I, I'd never, I'd never be put off by a, a bumper horse running like that hasn't run in a while, because you know, m- most of the time it's it's the fourth run anyway, so. You know, particularly in Philly, they they they're probably best fresh in a bumper. I think that's that's great value. She that, that win, she showed a really good attitude. She was really game and I oh, actually can't believe that price.
0: She is. I think it's great value. The price is absolutely ridiculous if you're looking at that. Remember Israel Champ went off near favourite for the champion bumper and it beat Israel Champ by about six lengths. So the price is absolutely ridiculous for Dragon Bones. Obviously, the layoff has got a lot, a lot to take of that, but it's just ridiculous. Twenty to one, don't you agree, Andrew?
2: Um, I, I'm not going to lie to you there, Chris. I was actually something just caught my attention there. Um, my, my dad sent me a text message um, oh. in regards to an uh, article in the Racing Post that's just popped up, um, and the reason I, it, I lost my attention because it has to do with uh, Mullins as mayor. Um, that's going to run at at market raising and it's just a it's it's about uh, VAT charges as a result of Brexit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically horses coming from Ireland to Britain are facing very high VAT charges as a result. Um, mm-hmm. and it's leaving trainers with unexpected, um, incredible overheads. Now they are refundable after a couple of months. Um, and the VAT it's on it's actually on the value of the horse, so. Um, Christ, I don't know how much it's going to cost to send fucking Envoy Allen over um, oh. because it's on the value of the horse not on what they're racing for so it's absolutely, like this is a huge problem and this could impact Cheltenham um, it's not, so much, it's not um, this isn't going to be something that that's going to linger on this has to be something that's nipped in the bud very quickly um, because with all these new things surrounding Brexit you know, Christ knows how long it's going to take the HMRC to, to sort out any type of refunds that Irish trainers will be owed. Um, and I have a feeling that Grange's uh, participation at market raising may well be in doubt as a result of this. Um, so I would just hold your horses on that. Um, you know, anyway, in regards to the race, I, I do apologize, lads, that I, that I missed out on that 20-to-1 shot. Which, which horse was it, Chris? Was it Chosen Chosenport?
0: No, it was Dragon Bones.
2: Dragon Bones. Okay, so she hasn't been sailing four hundred and fifty-one days. Um yeah, no, the form does. There is a substance to the form there, which is a lot more that can be said about a lot of these. The one I did come down on was Mary Mistress, who did beat a decent yardstick last time out at Hereford, I believe. Uh or sorry, Wetherby. Um look, to be honest, Chris, this isn't really a race I'd be i I'd, I'd be getting too involved in. This is more just these type of bumpers are just for the the black type for the mares and um, usually I, I believe that you know back in the day when there wasn't really a mares programme they'd win a race like this and go off to stud um, which isn't really the case anymore because there is a good mares programme but um, you know maybe Mary Mistress at, at a stretch but this wouldn't be a race I'd even dream of getting involved in to be brutally honest with you
1: Stephen would you? Uh, I do quite like the bumpers but I've not really had a chance to look at the times of these, but if you look at most of the film, most of them seem to have one with their head in their chest to remember, like, smart animals. Obviously, the market's mainly revolving around Arlene Dover and Grandia Willie's. Like, is, is Willie's priced on the basis of the connections or the fact that he's just travelling over? Paying a
0: huge VAT bill? Uh, yeah, well,
1: these these owners, are these...
2: Um... Syndicate. It's, um, They're syndicate. English, it's,
1: it's... English syndicate, is it, or not? Punk, I don't know.
3: What's the name, Tom?
4: It's
2: Cantillon isn't that? Yeah, I, I
4: wouldn't be a hundred percent sure now. Yeah. covering Queen
2: Silks. Yeah. Yeah, same thing. Now she only cost twenty two grand, so I don't know how much it'll actually cost to send her over. <laughs> so um yeah. like it's it's absolutely mental. Um I think it's nineteen percent was the was the figure, but I I'd be surprised if she ran, to be brutally honest with you.
1: Well, in that case, I, just, I think the 11-8 with Eileen Dover, the fact she's getting a four-year-old allowance as well, which is quite a lot of weight, isn't it? And the impression of the two races, I think 16 lengths and 19, it's not really come off, come off the bridle. I, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be a betting race for me, but I'd be looking to see something exciting. Hopefully. Yeah, so no
0: bet for yourself, Be you like Eileen Dover, Stephen?
1: Yeah, very boring, love, but... But like, apart from the fact you've just brought to our attention, the titles Israel champs, uh the one that beat that, but would definitely have to have a second glance, you yeah, know.
0: But excellent, thanks for that. What about yourself, Jordan? One horse for this?
4: Um, I mean, following on from what's been said about Grand G I um, I took the time in between to just have a look through Dragon Bones um soul victory, and I th- I think I'm gonna have to side with the boys on this one. Um I think you know our form looks absolutely unbelievable. But um Based on the price, at least I think Grand G, I will stick to that. If it doesn't run, I think Dragon Bones is very sensible each way. Excellent. Uh, Declan yourself. Anything?
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm actually a bit, a bit bullish. Um Dragon Bones. Look, Andy's mentioned the 451 days, but you know they they run their first ever race bumper, so and they can be quite impressive. It it doesn't it doesn't turn me off or at all. Um, I just think it's great
0: value. Yeah, 2020 is a huge value for that. Absolutely gigantic. Andrew, you going to leave it alone?
2: Um, I'm sure if all you lads are on Dragon Bones, it'd be rude not to. It's I've no real opinion on the race, Chris, as I said, but um, look, I hope Dragon Bones does it for you guys because you, you sound sold on
0: it. Yeah, well, that's the way it should be, isn't it? <laughs> right, let's move on to your side of the sea. We're coming over to Furry House now. It's the Dan and John Moore Memorial Handicap Chase on Saturday at Furry House. The two fifteen. is a two mile one, Grade A. Can you just, uh, Declan, just give me a diff, uh, a little bit of a, a run through about this? Your Grade A is the equivalent of the English.
3: We'll see. Your you do your handicaps. What's the highest handicap grade two? Yeah. Yeah. So. Like our our handicaps will be grade A, B, C, if there even is a C, I'm not sure. There is, yeah.
2: Hurdles there is. usually okay. over hurdles.
3: it's just heavy we grade and you have your classes over there. It's um,
2: can I can I jump in there, Dick? Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
2: Sorry, it's mainly um I think it's more split with team prize money. Uh, grade A obviously worked quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, grade B a little less, grade C a little less again, but you do tend to see good horses running in grade B's and grade C's um, it's it's more just I think a, a prize money split and there might be a cap I think of like 136, 137 on grade C's but it's not a huge yeah. difference it's just a, a letter instead of a number really
0: So a question to kick us off on this because Jay Dutton on Twitter was having a chat with me before and I think we mentioned this in the chat earlier um, Handbrake off on Saturday for Top Moon 20-1 to 1 into 14-1 to 1. what do you think Andrew?
2: Oh you're going to get us cancelled with that wording <laughs> Um <laughs> Now look, Top Noon is a lovely horse um, He's £9 below his peak hurdle mark And he's been running behind the likes of Easy Work God rest him Blackbow, Captain Guinness And uh, he was behind Ishka Baha um, On his handicap chasing debut I was a little bit disappointed with that Now he probably would have been finishing a little closer But he did take the second last home with him um, Which didn't help him whatsoever the race that I imagine that they might be looking at though, there's a two-mile handicap chase at the Dublin Racing Festival, um, which is tailor made for novices. I think Ekelair de Beaufu won it last year. Um I I couldn't put anybody off him, but I think you'd be looking at an um I think you'd be looking for progression in inverted commas from him and then maybe with a with a view to going for the a race at the Dublin Racing Festival. I think the yard definitely have a better chance with Intucus, and I'm not just saying that because I'm biased, but he does have a very good form, and he's only carrying four pounds more.
3: Declan, yourself for this one? Oh, this this race gave me a headache. Looking at it earlier, you do done Who's trying? Who's not? Um, the the one I did come down on was Willie's horse. Um, found the blues. He. And it, it it really the fact that he, he didn't look like an it didn't look like a natural jumper of a fence on his chase debut in Ireland. And then they went for um, a handicap at, at Navan, I think. And he was he was way down the field. I think he was he was nearly last. He he looks to have a, a, a he looks to be a tough horse and and um and, and have a big engine. He was second to, to Ben Rubin in that chase. And I think he will be one of the ones trying to win this. And it's it's solely on that because I'm I'm second guessing the rest of them uh, apart from the favourite will will probably be trying and, and will be tough to beat. But uh if if this horse has the, the fact he's gone from from a beginner's chase back to Horlin and, and I reckon that didn't work out, so they reverted here, and I think they're going to try. Uh, if they can iron out those jumping issues, and now look, Willie's really horses don't be skilled an awful lot, so it, it, it is a big gamble, but um, looking through the phase, he's about, he's about 12 to 1. Um, I don't have a massive opinion on the race, but I will think the way he's gone from the, the beginner's chase to the hoarder, and now back here, that he will be trying. And look, Willie's horses, if he does get around, that they're usually fitter than the rest. If if he manages to get over the last alongside something else, he could outstay them.
1: Stephen, what about yourself for this one? It's a good race. Um I sort of try and back off a little bit when the guys are so clued up on these races, I sort of just like to listen. But was it was we saying that Chatham Hill, Chatham Street Lab uh could be an Arkle, Not an arcle. Either as good as a champion chase for Ryan Airals after he won at children.
2: have I dreamt that or oh, think he Yeah, the, I did, like the per- the perception was he was getting Ryanair quotes from all the That's leading right. bookmakers, and I I I I feel like I'm the only person on earth that actually acknowledges that this horse is still a novice, and I I I maybe it's because he's a nine-year-older. Uh, That's right.
1: The Chisholm was mentioned, wasn't it?
2: The yeah, it's absolutely mental how he's um. You know, they maybe it's because he's just running some like he's not even running that many open races.
1: Yeah, well he um, carried ten 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 in that race, to Caspian Cavalier, absolutely. Yeah. Looked like he joined the race two out, didn't it? But um stone six in, in two, because 'cause you've had me back in this all year, Andy. Um three runs, three seconds. Um I'd probably side with him again. Chosen mate at the top of the weights. I think he won the grand annual a couple of years ago. Um I'd be with Ntukas, Chris. Uh, I'd be interested to see how the favourite goes, you know. To see whether he can follow up the sort of level of form that he uh, produced at Cheltenham or whether, that, or whether he was just beating trees, you know. Because the Paddy Power and the Caspian, they're probably not the level of race they were a few years ago. You know, like you go back seven or eight years, you had also a long run, finishing third in the Paddy Power of the year who won the Gold Cup, you know. But Ntukas um, for me.
4: And Jordan. What about yourself in this? Uh, I, f- I think you know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go back to being a bit boring, China Street lad. Um, I think you know. Uh, just a question for the Irish lads again. Um, Irish handicap. They are they. They're, they're a lot stricter only than BHA. How do you that, mean? Um, they're, they're like, they'll, they'll put more weight on than a BHA assessment, Oh, um, Don't
2: you no, I <laughs> would, I, <laughs> I disagree with that. To be honest, uh, I think the Irish handicapper is, is a little bit more sensible. Um where it goes from, you know, an older horse will be dropped a few pounds for a seasonal reappearance, stuff like that. Um, you know, there, like I'll give an example there. A, a few weeks ago, a horse that I really like that's running later on the card, Atlantic Shore. He pulled well clear with a novice, I believe. Um, a a Ferry House a few weeks ago with a Gavin Cromwell-trained horse, J.P. McManus. They were first and second, and kind of an exposed horse was third, in a handicap. Now, they're about 15 lengths ahead of it, and you can just tell in England, a handicapper would have gone loco on that. They would have both got over a stone, probably, and and been handicapped to the absolute hilt. Atlantic Shore only got, I think, four pounds. Um, So I don't think... like handicapping for me it's not about just lobbing a horse on a weight on a horse's back when they do something good there has to be reasoning behind it and i I do think that the irish handicapping system maybe i'm being biased maybe it's because i'm more familiar with it i do think it's maybe it's easier as well because there's less horses but i think it is a fairer system than than what they have in the uk yeah
4: that's fine i was just curious um I think, you know, the £10 rise on, on Champions Line, I still don't think it's going to be enough. Um, because the way, I mean, I know we've just touched on the fact that, you know, Caspian Caviar is probably not quite what it was. But, you know, he's still demolished. Uh, a pretty decent-looking feel. I mean, you know, he had Master Tommy Tucker, who was well behind um, that day. Um, and then, obviously, went and won a pretty crappy grade two but um, I just think he, he, he won it so comfortably by an absolute distance, and it, it's just going to come down to what's going to win form or, you know, being well-treated, and I, I think I'd, I'd stick to the former Chatham Street lad. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sweet on that one.
1: He's entered on Sunday as well, isn't he? He is. Right.
2: He, won't, he won't go.
3: He won't go. Don't is go. this in the... in the, not the chase? Yeah. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: so, don't worry don't, don't, you're going to get your chance
0: <laughs> <laughs> right let's summarise selections
1: in that then Jordan Tratham, Street Streetlaw for yourself definitely yeah uh. Stephen I'm going to say Lord's he's, round he's he's loved this game too because all year I'm going to I'm going to go with it one more time Andrew and then he'll win the grand annual by about 20 links <laughs> oh
2: interesting yeah i actually I'll just give you a quick rundown Chris I only answered a question there on, on top moon but I do like Antuquez, but I'm going to probably just back him for the Grand Annual instead because I think that's clearly his target. Um twenty to one is the best available. If you want to be a little bitch, you can back him twelve to one non-runner, no bet. Um but no, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be more than happy. Little <laughs> bitch. Uh, no, I'd be, I'd be happy to take him with with the twenty to one and um, that's best price with uh, 365. Uh, but the horse I'm coming down with here um, real quickly would be Daily Tiger. Uh, I'm happy to forgive him that run. He was beaten 40 lengths last time out by sizing Potsy, but the run before that, um, which is usually a really, really good race, it's the the Alana Holmes Handicap Chase, which is usually run in the springtime at the Punchestown Festival. It was a race that was salvaged um, from COVID-19 that was ran at the start of this season where daily Tiger won now he, he was only carrying 10 stone 11 but I'll just give you a rundown of the horses that he beat and this was over two miles three and a half so he is coming back to two miles but that wouldn't bother me uh, he beat Tornado Flyer by four and a half lengths he was placed at John Durkin uh, four lengths back to Castlebon West to won the Paddy Power um, in fifth place was Fire Class. It was third, and the Paddy Power didn't quite stay. Um, you go back even further. Uh, seventh place, Stones and Roses. He won a handicap of ten to one last time out. Um, the form is just really, really, really strong. Um, he's a fourteen to one shot here, and if he was coming here without that run where there was clearly something amiss last time out, he wouldn't be fourteen to one. He'd be probably four to one. Um. So I'd be with Daily Tiger here to to run a run a
0: decent race here for Noel Champ Flanagan. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. Apologies for that. I thought I'd come to you already. So no, no, De- you're good. You're good. Declan, um, yourself for this one. Summarise. Right. You just the uh, fan the blue. Fan the blue. Right. That brings us to the end of our covering our Saturday meetings. We're going to move on to Sunday now. Two races that we're going to look at at Punch's Town, which are both very clued up for Cheltenham wise. We are going to look at the 120 to start with the Skybet. Killini Novice Chase, the grade three over two mile four. Um, one to two on here is Envoy Alain. Asterion for Longes, they're at two to one, and Andy Dufresne, they're at 10 to one. Andrew, kick us off with this one because Chatham Street Lad's not going to go here yet. Yeah?
2: I, I wouldn't imagine so unless he falls at the first, maybe, uh, but he'd have to be declared. So, um, yeah, so some horse called Envoy Alain leads the market. Don't really know a lot about him now, so I'd be <laughs> just taking it. A... <laughs> no, but he wasn't. Um, look, I, I he needs no introduction. There's there's no point in me even like listing off his accolades and how impressive he was in the Ballymore. Um Now, obviously, what he's done over fences doesn't really compare to what he's done over hurdles because you know everyone's afraid to take him on. Um, the fact that he's carrying twelve stone, I think Willie is going to, I, I'm pretty sure he's going to run a Styrian for Lounge because obviously this horse needs to go this way. Um, and it's kind of too, too good an opportunity to pass up. Um, and a Styrian for launch versus Envoy Allen with, with a Styrian for Lounge getting 11 pounds is just, that's exciting. That is really, really exciting. It's something you basically never see anymore either. Um, it's almost like, I, I'm not going to compare Envoy Allen to Arkel or anything, but, Back in the day when the handicap system was not really a thing, and the likes of Arkel had to give ridiculous amounts of weight to, you know, very still good horses in their own right. It's just very rare you see a horse like Asterion for Ferlange getting so much weight from from another horse. And it's just a testament really to that Envoy Allen is actually five to two on, even giving that weight away to such a good horse. Um it's it's pretty much a two horse race. Like Dinny Lacey was a nice beginner's winner there. Um, but isn't even in the same stratosphere as the two horses previously mentioned. Um, I think Joseph will run Sempo um, and, and just lob him around and that might get a nice mark because he just isn't going to be good enough to get involved here. But if you want to get a horse handicapped, you run him here and you just make sure you don't finish within 20 lengths of Envoy mm-hmm. um To be honest, like it, it does make you think though, a staring for Lange getting that way it this in my opinion could be NVLN's toughest test to date and um, if they both jump around and they both have a you know a, a proper race and as much as me as much as this fan in me just wants to see NVLN win again he shouldn't be a 2 to 5 shot here especially given that weight away against such a unexposed horse
0: admit it you love I, to see asterion flong win this
2: Oh no, I I couldn't back, back a steering Like he's five to two, the bookies are taking no chances. Um <laughs> if he got, if he was a little bit bigger, if he was seven to two, four to one, I'd I'd definitely be, you know, I'd be tipping him almost. Um but I think Enviolen still does win this, giving the weight away. But th- this, in my opinion, could be the toughest test of his career to date. Um, and so it's just it's a fantastic race, and I can't wait to watch it.
0: Declan, the machine goes here. enviolen your favourite horse, yeah.
3: Oh, this, this, this is and I know I've been a big, big fan of Asterion for long for a, a long, long time. Um, like I've been, I've been saying Asterion for long when he goes, when he goes chasing, he'd be practically unbeatable going right-handed. Um, I wasn't expecting him to fall the last day, and he certainly wasn't expecting him to take on NYLN so soon. So. Um, it's it squeaky one time. Get that eleven pound. Like I think a for Falange has a massive engine. I think he is a serious race horse. Any horse who can jump out to the right in a supreme like he did, like I don't know what sort of ground he covered. It was definitely more than, than the trip is anyway. And then he, he nearly cleaned out the whole field to, to run on and still be fought. Like he, I, I'd probably get any trip. You know, he was he was excellent in in Leopardstown in the novice hurdle uh, last season. Like he's not short of speed, and you know how good is Envoy Allen if he beats him, giving him eleven pounds. And Andy said he won't be making comparisons to to Arkell, but you know it's it's not often we get to see this. Anymore, um, it, it's sort of gone from the game, and it's an awful PE And you know, we've had horses in recent times who who could have done it. Um, Denman has done it. You know, duvan is, is probably a horse who, who could have done it, given way lumps weight because he's a massive horse. And look, everything Mboy L N has done has been really, really easy for him. Uh, like. I was worried when he was going chasing, I wanted to see him go for the champion hurdle because he was such a good He I thought, he can't, he can't be everything. Um, and His jumping's been immaculate, he's straight as an arrow. Everything he does is so easy for him. He's an absolute joy to watch. And look, we've said it before, I'd love to see him in an article And I think he would win any of the novice chases at Cheltenham. He's, he's, we don't know. If he gets three miles, but like I, I think he would. Everything is is so easy for him, and this is I I hope it happens. Um, has has as as Willie said anything about Syrian Falange turned turning up? Turning up as never like, seen. It's
2: looking likely. I I haven't heard that saying he's not running. So
3: yeah, ah, uh, it's just uh, I I don't I don't know who. To go for it, it looks a match. Um look, the two of them, if the two of them didn't turn up, it, it would still be a fine race. Like Andy Dufresne is in there, he's probably not going to run if it, against Envoy Alain. But you know, I was so looking forward to seeing him for a long gone chasing, and I, I just can't wait to watch us getting 11 pound. And if Envoy LN can give him a beating, I don't know, the sky's the limit. And um, he, he's an absolute superstar.
0: Jordan, yourself?
4: Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty well summed up. I think if he's ever going to get beat, it will be in this race, um, just by virtue of the amount of weight he's got to give away. But uh, yeah, I, I steer on for at two to one is way too short um, for me to be tempted to put a bet on. Um, if Andy de turns up, I mean, he might grab a place, but you know, again, I think you're just throwing your money away, really. Um, so. Yeah, I think it's just something that you're just going to have to sit back and, and watch and help Envoy all then get us the job done and then, yeah, we, we, we could we could have a, a real superstar in our hands here.
0: Yep, I think we've already got the superstar in our hands, haven't we? He's been amazing, absolutely amazing. Stephen?
1: Yeah, no, the boys have covered it well. I just, just hope he gets around right in one piece, does the business. Actually, I know the boys say so they think he'd be just as good at two. Like, I have no doubt he probably will, but I think, I think going up in trips is going to be his thing, going down the line and, I see him picking up, picking up the speed merchant, uh, the engine, holds, uh, quite easily.
0: Okay, so, Stephen, and would you well have learned. a selection in this? I'm
4: and well, and Jordan.
0: yeah. I'm Jordan?
4: Yeah, I'm Violent, but I, I probably won't back it.
0: Yeah. Steve, uh, Andrew, sorry.
2: Oh, God. Um Look, I, I can't let I can't let Steve's comment go unnoticed there. I think M be better at two than he would be at three personally, but that that's neither here nor there. and um, because he's gonna go to three miles irregardless. But I, I I genuinely think that this this is closer to a coin flip than it is, you know, a certainty that M wins. But even though I say that I still can't back Asterium for Longe at two to one, five to two. I'd say Envoy Alain wins, but I'd say a steering for launch finishes on a skirts.
3: And
0: Declan? Oh, look, I,
3: I really don't know. I, I'd love to see Envoy come out and do, do something special.
0: Um, I hope he does so. I'll side with Envoy Next race we're going to cover is the 2.50 at Punchestown. It's the Skybet Moscow Flyer, Novices Hurdle um what a race i mean what a race you Lyrish lads are are drooling at this obviously i will just go into what ronan's told me about the real deal um did have a talk with him earlier um he's going well on the gallops um had a little stone bruise last week that is healed from that um looking towards a really decent run here um i think dennis o'regan's gonna take the ride depending on if if mullins doesn't have a ride then it'll be paul town end well, it looks like Dennis is going to be on the real deal. I'm very hopeful that he will go well in this. But a um, little question that we've got here, boys. Um, I think we answered this in our chat. But there's a a question here that came from Jack Twohill on on Twitter. He said, "Would you consider this his aim to the to Declan and Andrew? Would you consider Master McShea supreme contender if he wins this on Sunday? Go on, Andrew and Deck. Who wants to start? Go on, Andy. Uh,
2: I'll yeah. Go on. Um, Look, I, I love this horse. Um, I, I can't get enough of him personally. He you know, he, he was only so-so in his only ever bumper run, but in my opinion, he gave Appreciate it more to think about in that maiden hurdle than any of his rivals in grade one company did. Um, he was two and a half lengths within him, and we were maybe thinking at the time, oh, Christ, Master McShee's never going to win. Uh, he's going to be he's going to get a horrible handicap mark. Uh but then he goes out of Cork and wins a race where there's subsequent winners have came out of it. Um and then he goes and hammers an unexposed novice and Cedar Core winning ease down by f- five lengths carrying a decent weight. Um with the My Glass flyer in third, like two very unexposed novices and the Core especially he has a nice future. and um, he has a bet for a hurdle entry as well. Um He's now rated 143, and to put that into perspective, the likes of Kalashnikov won a Betfair hurdle off 141 before going off at the top of the market for the Supreme Novices Hurdle. So his rating of 143 alone gives him every chance in a race in a a novice grade one, and we just don't know how good he is. And because he was far less experienced and appreciated, there's every chance, even though he's a seven-year-old, we don't know where the ceiling is with him. And in my opinion, um, and even before that, because I had a nice bet on him in, in the Leopardstown race, uh, the handicap, he could well be one of the best novice novice hurdlers in Ireland. There, there's not many that come to mind that could be better than him, in my opinion anyway. Um, and I think he should be shorter than what he is. It's a 5-2 to two shot here for for the Moscow Flyer. I think he should definitely be favorite, maybe even a pinch shorter on what he's achieved. And if he wins this, you know, the likes of Min has won this, Duvan has won this, um, you know, some top draw horses have won the Moscow Flyer. It was probably a bit more of a relevant race before the Delight, which is the race now run at the Dublin Racing Festival. That was brought from two miles two to two miles, and it's kind of taken a little bit of gloss off this particular race in the last three or four years. But needless to say that this is a a key trial, um, for a race like the Supreme Novices, and and Master McShee, in my opinion, is is right up there with the best novices in Ireland. And the fact that he's forty to one for a Supreme Novices, and he was not even quoted, um, which is an insult, really, in my opinion, because of he should have been quoted after the handicap win, in my opinion. But he's he's really he's he's out of the top draw, in my opinion, and. I think he's going to win this and, and a 40 to 1 for the Supreme Novices I'd be definitely getting a bit of that um, especially that's an on-runner no bet because obviously there is the chance he stays in Ireland with these Brexit complications and maybe the small trainer um, but look I, I'm just going to keep tooting this horse's horn if, I, if we keep going but you know it is a good race in its own right uh, Crosshills not going to run Gabby Nackle's not going to run as they ran in the um, race named after a hotel there at Nays on Wednesday um, you know we've got Gana Patti, who who is a nice horse we don't really know where the ceiling will be with him either, uh, Power of Paws beat Cross Hill last time out with Punchestown in the fog, decent enough form um, and then obviously Ronan's uh, drill deal who who is rated 141 and I know I was saying how the Irish Handicapper is a good guy um, earlier on but in this particular case I personally don't see how the real deal has a mark that high for beating horses that any maiden hurdle winner would have done the same thing too, but probably wouldn't have amassed a master rating of 141 doing it. And um, now I don't doubt that he is of that ability, and um, but I think Ronan may have had his hand forced here going to a race like here, like the Moscow Florence that maybe the Ladbroke in at the start of February um, at Leopardstown. But he's well, like he's well worth to take his chance here, and he should run a really good race, but. I think Master McShee could be could be one of the better novices that we have over here. And I, I'd be really, really fancy enough to to win this and go on to Cheltenham.
0: Definitely you echo that.
3: Yeah, definitely. Like the, the, there's something <laughs> not adding up when you look back at um previous winners of this race. Like he, he's favourite here, but he's forty to one for the Supreme. Any of winners like Andy Dufresne last year, Felix Deshi get aboard, and second now, Min, Dilvan Vitor. Like the list goes on. Um I don't think any of them were this sort of prize for a Supreme when when they were winning before they won this race. And look, he he's been he's been second to appreciate it, and what we've been told now look himself and appreciate are both going to improve. Everything points to appreciate improvement for the step up and trip. Basically, in the in the strainer's own words, he should be running in the in the ballymore But because Fernie Hollow was injured, they're going to run in the Supreme. So appreciate is definitely worth taking it on. And and this lad is great value at 40 to 1, especially with the, the non run on there I think there's more improvement in him at two miles than there is appreciate it and, and that's going to level it up and look if, if if he can handle Cheltenham which is going to be a big thing I don't know what without crowds it's it's certainly going to help but a lot of the times these these horses from smaller yards will struggle when they get to the big stage where you know the likes of Mullins horses are, are, are they're nearly dealing with it at home they can have races at home So, it would certainly help him this year with no crowds. And, you know, we we, we do love a horse like this in in Ireland. Um, You know, a Fleming star. um, A small trainer coming up with with a really good horse. and Andy's dead right. He he is one of the best novices. You know, and what he's done in that handicap was, you know, it was really, really impressive. And I'm delighted he's turning up here. Uh, and I hope he wins it's hard to it's hard to go through this race because th- there's no declarations yet and we don't know what's turning up but if I was going to take him on with something which I don't want to do it would probably be the power of pause and um, he as Andy said he has beaten Cross Hill uh, Cross Hill actually ran in the in the Lawler's Hotel grade one novice hurdle the other day it's a great hotel great race they're doing it up at the moment
1: <laughs> the <laughs> Um. amazing
3: and I, I think Parapaz the farm is probably underrated He he's beaten Tory Graff who, who beat, beat Takarengo and if anyone has some spare time over lockdown if he want to sit down and just take a line a farm to Pacorengo, you can probably find the result of, of any future novice hurdle that's going to be running Ireland because of, I think he's running every maiden there's been this season so you know if, if you do have a bit of time over the next few days have, have a look at his farm and, and try um all these horses i i didn't spend too much time on the race because i i think the favorite is a very good horse and i think if he turns up he wins i certainly hope he does right do think he could have a race on his hands of power to pause if he turns up he's probably the most likely to to pull it up to him
0: stephen you echo this as well
1: yeah i've got nothing to answer that i this favourite, what I would like to say is that Hill's a 6-4 to four, Master McShane, Paddy Power 5-2, to there's is a, is a massive old difference in that, but um, yeah, it turned the Christmas Handicap hurdle, it turned into procession, it was, like, it was over to uh, Um whether the other novices are up, would be up to that for my very much day, I think this could be very, very short on the day. And Jordan five yourself? 5-2 looks like yeah
4: enough um just talking about the supreme um i actually Master mcshee about a week ago for the supreme uh 40 to one so i completely agree with what deck and andy have said there i think he, he looks super smart and you know i think i think he's massive at five to two at the minute i think if that was a, if that was a mullins or an elliot horse it'd be like six to four already so you know I think if, if you fancy it I'd get on now because I can only see that getting smaller and smaller.
1: I, bet I think. It today myself for uh... Yeah,
0: I think it's a clean I sweep. McShee this weekend. I think it's in that material. Don't you agree, guys?
1: Definitely. Hopefully. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Well, that's a clean sweep, right? That brings us to the end of this week's podcast. But we, before we go, let's give our best bets for the weekend. Um, let's start with you, Declan. Is there anything else that you want to? Or any of the ones that we spoke about that you want to highlight maybe to put into some multiples doubles or just straight up singles no i
3: probably that the mayor in the, the mare in um the bumper uh dragon bones and uh, look I, I don't really really want to take next destination on but I, I think there's good value about going
0: on fortune i mean you could you could double them up as well Twenty to one and a seven to one, nice one, Andrew. Yourself?
2: Yeah, I'm keeping it simple enough, Chris. I'm taking three horses. Goes without saying, Master McShee. I've took the forties for the Supreme. I've backed him. F- gone to back him a five to two now after this podcast for the Moscow flyer. Um, and look, obviously, as I as I said in passing, I do like the likes of Intuca for the Grand Annual. I don't want to make this an anti-post um, podcast or anything like that, but. Um, I'll be having a little bit on that as well Uh, the other one uh, the other two I'm going to be going with would be Golan Fortune in the 150 at Warwick in the novice chase he's the the, um, third in the betting of three there so um, I I think personally he's absolutely scandalously overpriced and I I think that's one of the I think that's probably the best bet on Saturday Um, and then going to one of my old friends who I did Mentioned in passing earlier on the, the pod when I was talking about the Irish handicapper, um, Atlantic Shore, Philip Fenton's horse. He's entered in a qualified riders' race at Punchestown at 20 past two on Sunday. Um, he may not take his entry, but there's no anti post betting. So look, it, it will go down as a non runner, obviously, for me um, if he doesn't run. But I would be surprised if Philip Fenton doesn't get a decent amateur for him because I still think he's pretty well handicapped. Um, the horse he bumped into, um, two starts ago, punches down was a horse called Arven. Arven from Gavin Cromwell from Gavin Cromwell's yard, and I say that's still a well-treated horse. Um, he's a lazy horse who, you know, he needs the jockey's urgings to go along with the go along with it. But he bumped into a well-handicapped Tracy's and a last time out of Cork, who was well-treated over fences in relation to his hurdles mark and it was a going day for him over fences and he won quite easily. And um, there shouldn't be anything like that in here. I, I don't think um, kind of older, more exposed horses. And um, so if Atlantic shore runs, even though he is top weight um he is a bit of a mudlark and he does everything at a snail's pace. So, you know, these amateur races should suit him and maybe Philip Fenton, because he is a 130 rated chaser, he might have the national hunt chase in the back of his mind. Now I'm not saying that he's a national hunt chase horse, but, If he's in these qualified Riders races, he may well be, but I'd be quite sweet on him on Sunday if he takes up this entry.
0: Excellent. Thanks very much, Andrew. Just before we go to Stephen and Jordan, I'll give you mine. Uh, 12.40 in Newcastle on Friday. This gives us no time for the shelf life of this. It's literally as soon as this score live. We're 12 hours away before this runs. It's busy street, 100 to 30 it is at the minute. Newcastle played to his strength last time. He looks well handicapped. Uh, really interesting one. You'll probably remember this name of this horse running tomorrow night in the USA at Fairgrounds. Twelve uh, at ten forty-five is Durain. Former John Gosden in- inmate has now gone over to Bradcock. That will be very d- interesting because when they sold him over there, they did believe that he was going to be better on dirt. And he's going on dirt tomorrow at Fairgrounds at ten forty-three. That'll be interesting to watch that race. On Saturday, I've got two, and that is it. Both at Warwick, one fifteen Saturday, dropping to two miles again, like he did last time, where he absolutely romped home. Sky Pirate, I think there's progression in that, because he's a, such a strong traveller. And then, obviously, one that I've mentioned already, Django Django, 14 to 1 each way in the three o'clock on Saturday. Let's go to you, Stephen, next.
1: Um, we got red right each way, Yankee, Chris. I do like JBY in the Ballymore trial for Alan King. I think that's at work. That's around 10 to 1. I'm going to go with Ventoukis again because he's so consistent. I think 6 7 to 1 is a great price. Um, Master McShee 5 to 2. And I'm going to Fran LeBroy. The more I thought about it, the more I started to sort of warm to him in that distance race. The other thing I was going to say, Chris, is there a, few, a few of the lads were all talking about Master McShee 14s for the Supreme, 40 for the Supreme. He's actually full wins with a run, uh, with a non-run and no-bet for the county as well. So, if he was to sort of be a little bit below the level, we think he may be then. It wouldn't be a worse bet to have now, you know.
0: Interesting,
4: interesting. Right, let's come to Jordan. Jordan, yourself? So, yeah, I think Master McShee is pretty obvious. Um, but there was one I actually found at quarter past one at Warwick on Saturday. Um, a of gold. So... I looked at sort of, you know, I just sort of had a flick through his form and it reads, I think, very well, um, given his sort of competition here. So, he finished um, behind first floor. He was being a net last time. um, And he races off this £5 higher. But uh, he had Cape in behind who's won since. Magic Saint went on to win uh, since that happened and Bridget Andrews rode it that day, and she dropped a, she dropped a whip going over the last hurdle, uh, made a complete mess of the last as well, and still managed to finish within a neck. So I think there's a lot more to come from that, and Sky Pirate being an 11 to 10 favourite he's probably the most untrustworthy horse we've ever seen. So I'd be more than willing to, to, you know, to I think the Mother Gold is a good thing on Saturday.
0: Oh, you're taking me on there with Sky Pirate. I think the drop to two miles has been the right tonic with that horse. Is he 11 to 10, really? Yeah, 11 to 10. I haven't even looked at the prices. I want to put him up at that price, dear me? 11 to 10. Right, scrap that. Scrap Sky Paris, not a bet for me at that price. I didn't even know
4: that. That could be easy lay, to be honest. I thought it would
0: be like 3 to 1 or something like that. But never mind. Right, that brings us to the end of the podcast. So thank you very much, for Jordan, for joining us this
4: week. No problem. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much, Jordan.
0: Uh, Stephen, thanks very much, mate. Thanks, lads. Andrew, thank you very much. Thanks very much, Chris. And Declan, thank you very much for that. Cheers, Dad. And we will see you all next week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Head on over to our handle at
4: USO Podcast and click the notification bell to never miss an episode.